Hello and welcome to the How Not to Screw Up Your Kids podcast. So, pour yourself a cuppa, find a comfy seat and enjoy the conversation. This is episode 123 and today's episode, Conversations to Have with Boys, I want to talk a little bit about our sons. As I waved off my 23-year-old to work this morning, it kind of struck me that there are some real, really important conversations that we need to have with them. It's all about the differences for them in terms of growing up. We've done an episode in terms of girls. We've talked about raising confident and resilient women. And there are challenges when it comes to being a young man, being a boy that becomes a man. And I think that as their parents, there are some really crucial conversations that we should be having. Now, did you know that the birth rate for boys is higher than girls? In fact, what we get in terms of ratio is for every 100 girls that are born, 105 boys are born. And this is generally seen as natural and normal. And the pattern is pretty much worldwide. This isn't just restricted to one country, it's across the whole world and has been the case since date you know, for data on birth rates for the past 180 years and certainly since we were actively recording them back in the 1950s. Why the difference? Well, one of the theories is an evolutionary one, which says that basically in order for us to have an equal number of adult males and females, there have to be a slightly more males born because being a male is a dangerous thing. Males are much more likely than females to die in childhood and at all stages of life, whether it's accidents, taking risks, suicide, and from health problems. You know, if you think about it, at every age and stage, there is an every time and a place, boys are typically more likely to die than girls. So a bit of sombre thinking, but it means that we need to be aware of these differences and how they tend to manifest themselves and how can we as parents then make sure that we have some some of these kind of crucial conversations. So I believe we need to nurture our boys and have conversations about these five core topics, which I'm going to share with you in this episode. And these are not topics and conversations that we have as one-off. These are regular ones because as our boys navigate life and they go through different ages and stages, the conversations around these topics will evolve and adapt and we will talk about slightly different things, we'll use different language. So I think these are not one-off conversations, but lifelong conversations. So let's dive in. And the first conversation, this is uh, there's no particular order, but the first conversation is about challenging male stereotypes. We talk a lot about female stereotypes, but actually being a young boy and then becoming a man comes with it a whole host of male stereotypes about being strong, not crying, not talking about emotions. There's so much around that. And so it's really important. We challenge this. We have these conversations outright with our boys. We don't wait we don't ignore them, but we actually have these conversations head on. You know, society may rile against the way you're encouraging your son to be because we typically tend to reinforce these stereotypes, but we need to equip them with the information. So let's sit them down. Let's have these conversations. Now, obviously, if you've got a three-year-old, you're not necessarily going to sit down and say, well, you might see in lots of magazines images around, you know, that will then make you think that it's really important that you build bulk or that you're muscly or that you're strong or that you're fast. 
But it's about making sure that when we have those conversations in our day to day, when we compliment and we praise our boys, that we are aware of how society typically reinforces those stereotypes. So, and we'll, we'll tackle some of these stereotypes and some of the other topics in the conversations. But it is really important because boys are no different than girls in that they will, they will absorb, they will take in a lot from their environment about how they're expected to behave. Now, of course, if we're co-parenting and we have a male role model within the home, because we're, we're living together with our partners, then, then that is, there's some real crucial aspects to that modeling. But it, it pervades wider than that in terms of your wider family, in terms of people that may mentor them. So it's really about having those conversations around expectations. People may expect you to do X and Y. People may expect you to not talk about your emotions and why do we have that and what does that mean so that we can then encourage our boys to understand that that these things are part of a natural cycle, things that we would normally and typically do. So I think the first one is about being really clear about challenging male stereotypes. Be aware of the television programmes and the videos and films that your children are watching, the messages that they're hearing. And then when you see societal or when you see situations where that is reinforced, then challenge it. Have that conversation with them. Ask them about what they thought, why they think a particular way. And it's really, it's about equipping them. It's giving them that information. It's not saying that they don't have to, you know, that it's wrong to think that they have to be strong or that they have to be fast or that they shouldn't cry or they shouldn't talk about their emotions. It's much more about having those conversations that feel natural about why we might see that, how how true and accurate is that? Why might that be the case? Why might it not be? Certainly what I found is, and I've been mixed schools and we've talked about it, boys feel very strongly, certainly when they're younger and they can be really vocal about it, that these stereotypes are not helpful. But at some point, as they then go into their teen years, they then get sort of sucked into that. And it's the same with girls in lots of ways. So let's keep those conversations happening so that we then, we, we encourage them to be who they are and be aligned to their true self rather than necessarily following a particular stereotype that they think that they need to be in order to be accepted, in order to be masculine, in order to be male. So that's the first one. The second one is mental health is as important as physical health. So being able to recognise and find appropriate ways of working through emotions is crucial. So this is about having conversations around emotions, labelling emotions, talking about feelings on a regular basis in exactly the same way that we would do that with any of our children. You know, we, we have to stop this stereotype. We know that there are more male suicides than there are female. They're the biggest number of suicides are from males. And it is because we have the societal stereotype around boys not connecting with emotions boys not having connection not having conversations about their feelings boys not talking to other boys about their feelings now you may say do you know what i'm listening to this mary hannah and i've got a really sensitive boy and they're really connected to their emotion and we talk about emotions a lot but in school they're ostracized for that or it's not seen as okay or there are there maybe they're it's name calling, whatever that might be, 
Keep having those conversations. Keep talking about emotions, but add to it conversations around why there may be differences, why they might be talking about emotions, but their peers might not. And it's not a judgment call. We're not making judgments on other parents. We're not finger pointing, but we're, we're, we're being sort of honest and truthful with our boys around the realities that not all boys will talk about their feelings, not all males will talk about their feelings, that societally, this is the way things have been and how it's an evolving process. And it's about being connected and understanding yourself and then also being empathetic and understanding that others may not share that willingness to discuss their feelings. So, but it, it doesn't stop us from having those conversations. And, you know, we don't want to be having this, boys will be boys and, you know, boys are angry and they need to do this. Let's stop that, particularly when it comes to stereotypes, you know, this idea that boys will be boisterous, boys will want to play with guns, boys will want to do fighting, boys want to play on computer games, boys will do this. That's, you know, that is reinforcing stereotypes. So it's about changing that narrative. And the best way to change that narrative is for all of us to be doing it within our homes with our children first, and then that builds that collective. So, it's around investing the same amount of time and energy, talking to our boys about their emotions and their feelings and helping them connect and identify, being able to label how they feel. So, you know, I can see, do you think that you might be a bit frustrated that you can't do that or angry? Or do you think that you might be feeling a bit sad or nervous? So it's really using that same language. And we don't typically do that. We might think that we do, but we don't typically do that with boys in the same way. And there's lots of research evidence about the way that we play with boys and the way that we play with girls that reinforces that. There's one study that I remember quite vividly reading about, gosh, years and years ago when my, when my two were quite young. And it was a research study where they basically had a whole load of parents with young babies. And what they then did is basically gave them babies to play with, but they put the babies in either a pink sort of onesie sleep suit, or they put them in a blue one. And what they found was when you gave them a baby in a pink baby grow, they tended to sort of sit and talk and have those sort of conversations, those babbly. We're talking about young, young babies. And then when they had babies that were in blue baby grows, they tended to do more physical things. So sort of slightly, you know, sort of tickling them and slightly throwing, not literally throwing them in the air, but that kind of, that slight sort of whizzing them around and, and throwing them up and then and, and then catching them. So it's ingrained in so much of what we do. And these were parents of children. They basically sort of mixed up the babies and then they observed what, what happened to them. So it's so ingrained that we're not always really conscious that when we're raising our daughters, we typically talk about emotions. And we'll talk about this with my fifth one around communication. We tend to use a lot more words with girls. We tend to elaborate on feelings. We tend to you know, be much more descriptive and, and labour that the word so much more. Whereas boys, we tend to have this much shorter sentences, much less elaboration, and certainly not that kind of detail around feelings and labelling emotions and how much that might impact us and and really connecting to that. So it's, we really need to have these conversations around emotions. So that's my second one. The first one is about challenging the male stereotypes and doing that regularly and catching ourselves when we do it as well, not punitively. We're not doing this to beat ourselves up. We're just being aware of when we get caught in that. And then this notion 
Mental health is as important as physical health. So when we talk to our children about staying healthy and running around and keeping their bodies active and, and physically well, we we want to be using the language around emotions, but also a really clear language around the connection between our physical health and the connection of our mental health, which is around our emotions, how we manage those emotions, how we offload, how we how we kind of, you know, decompress and find ways that are helpful to us. Now, the difference is in terms of how we decompress with our emotions and our, the best tools for us in our toolkit will differ regardless of whether they're girls or boys. They differ across all boys. They differ across all girls. So let's not get caught up in this. This is what this is what girls do to manage their emotions. And this is what boys do. S- view it very much as very about the individual differences. Each child will manage their emotions differently and it's about having conversations around that. So first is challenging male stereotypes. The second is around mental health being as important as physical health. The third is around confidence. So, you know, confidence is not about being the fastest, the loudest, the best, or that sort of comparison to others. And I think we often talk about girls getting caught in this comparison and girls often lacking in confidence. And the issue is exactly the same for boys. They just mask it differently because we often don't kind of get to the nitty gritty conversations with them about how they're feeling. So it's having those conversations around typically, we we do, we're likely to compare ourselves um, and siblings compare themselves to siblings all of the time. But it's this notion that there is likely to be an element of comparison and that they will compare themselves. They will see that someone else is faster or or is better or stronger or more articulate. Whatever that might be, it's having those conversations around confidence being an internal state, an internal state about feeling that you're enough recognizing the areas that you're really strong, areas that you would like to develop fundamentally at your core is you believe that you're enough. And it's having, it's talking around what confidence might look like what and what confidence isn't and helping our boys being able to accept themselves for who they are, understand who they are and look internally for that confidence rather than needing it through external validation. And that's such a crucial part because quite often with parents, we feel that but I'm praising them and I keep telling them how incredible they are and they just don't, they just don't see it. They don't see their talents in this or that. Confidence is an inside job. We can't praise it. Their teachers can't praise it. Their grandparents and uncles and aunts can't praise it. It has to come from within. And that comes from knowing, you know, to thy own self be true. And so it is around the conversations that we have about managing emotions and mental health, the conversations we have around stereotypes so that they don't get caught in a comparison to a benchmark that is just simply not achievable, but really look inwardly at what makes them so uniquely them and really being able to recognise that and then build on that. So, you know, it's really being able to kind of have that 
regular conversation around their strengths, being able to recognise those. And if there are areas, of course, you know, we want, we, want to, we want our children to grow, we want them to develop, we want to nurture that and help them be the best version of themselves, but not at the expense of constantly beating themselves up that they're not the same as X, Y or Z. So confidence comes from inside and helping our boys be able to recognise. And that particularly can be the case where we've got boys that don't fit the kind of the stereotype and then they compare themselves. And we quite often see this as boys hit puberty and maybe you've, you know, they don't see themselves as particularly strong compared to their peers. They don't think they're particularly good looking compared to their peers. Maybe they've, you've got a you know, teen boy who's really struggling with acne and then that kind of impacts their confidence. So it's it's really, if we're putting in those foundations when they're younger and helping them see that confidence comes from within rather than from the outside, then we can help them navigate that. But also recognising that those conversations continue all the way through. So we're so when our team boys are then navigating that kind of period of time, navigating that whole process around, you know, having conversations with girls and how they view themselves physically, that we've got we've got sort of something that we can go back to because we've been having those conversations around confidence being that internal. And it's all about having regular conversations, you know, recognising that we typically have different conversations with girls than we have with boys. And it's shifting, you know, it's challenging our own stereotype. You know, so often I hear, you know, it's like my son just grunts. He won't communicate about anything. We don't have to respond necessarily to that. We can just keep, these are kind of continuous things that we need to be doing. And if our boys are used to us having that kind of regular catch up, those conversations, then they're much more likely to, to kind of be more open and less grunty. Although let's recognise all boys and girls go through a grunty, don't want to talk to you, why are you asking me so many questions type thing. All right, so the first one is challenging male stereotypes. The second is that mental health is, is as important as physical health. The third is confidence is not about being the fastest, loudest, best or comparison. The fourth one is to have conversations about risk-taking. The research is very clear that women are more averse to risk than men. And this comes from a heightened sensitivity to the potential losses. On the other side, and this is the, you should be seeing this as a really good thing, because it means that our boys are much more likely to put themselves in more, push themselves out of their comfort zone. Boys typically show more, you know, a much greater optimism. They're more willing to engage in risk-taking. So get, they get less wrapped up in the consequences and what they might lose if things don't work. So that is a great thing because they're more likely to try things. However, what the converse to that is that in the process of potentially trying to prove themselves in front of their peers, they may then take some unnecessary risk without necessarily weighing it up because they're not thinking in, a, in advance in the same way. So we've, it's almost like we've got our girls and our boys at complete extreme other ends and we want them both to come somewhere into the middle. So it's understanding that there can be great potential to their fact that they don't get so caught up in their heads about what might happen if they fail, but also having those, being able to understand 
that they are much less, they're much more likely to just do something without necessarily thinking through those, those potential consequences. So it's about helping them weigh up the risk versus reward, particularly in those social situations. So it's not about us necessarily giving them a formula. It's about helping them consider that in moments, there are sometimes some considerations that they need to have before they wade in. And particularly as well, if our children, if our boys have taken a risk and it's unraveled in a way that hasn't, that has not been good, it's not necessarily about chastising them or giving them a hard time about it, but actually getting them to, you know, regularly reflect on the decisions that they've made. You made this decision. What was the outcome? With what you know now, what would you do differently? How might you have weighed that up? How might you have considered what you could have done differently in that moment? You know, have those conversations about rewards and risks. You know, sometimes that the risk is great, but the, but the reward is even bigger. And sometimes that can be a good decision to do. And sometimes it's not so good. And it isn't clear cut. And we need to be honest with our sons that these things are not always clear. However, decisions that we make from a basis of proving ourselves, making people laugh, being the clown, getting a reaction, more often than not, the risk it far outweighs the reward. So it's really just helping them being able to connect the dots rather than necessarily giving them a specific formula because that's part of their own development or their own understanding is actually resilience comes from taking risks. So we, not that we want them to be risk averse, we want them to take those risks, but we want them to understand the relationship between the risk and the reward and how might they then weigh up that balance and then make a choice. It's not a, it's not a perfect science. It's about weighing those, those things up. So the fourth one is risk taking. So first is challenging male stereotypes. Second is mental health is as important as physical health. The third is confidence is not about being the fastest, loudest, best. And the fourth is around risk-taking. The fifth one, and I've sort of alluded to this in, in some of the other points, is communication is so crucial. Now, what we do know, it's evidence-based, is that boys typically, when we look at it broadly, you may have a boy that is different, but generally when you look at the larger statistics, when you look at the larger numbers is that boys develop language skills later than girls. When I was completing my doctoral research, I would quite often, uh, one part of the, my research was looking at language development. And so I would always have to have equal numbers of girls and boys because girls typically, their language, you know, if you, if you think back, if you've got boys and girls, typically speaking, excuse the pun, but typically boys will start uttering their first words at a later stage than girls. Typically, we see physical development more advanced with boys when they're younger and language more advanced with girls. We know this as part of right and left brain, but this is a broad brush. And so what can happen is that we can get caught up in the physical aspect of our boys' development and get caught up in a lot of language with girls. So it's really important that we nurture communication. You see this so often borne out in schools. There's so much around the language that we use in communication and sitting and discussing and talking with girls, but we don't do the same with boys. So communication is crucial and it's all about what we expect is what we invest our time and what we see. So if we 
get really clear. It's about that communication with them and them communicating with us and them communicating with their friends and their peers. And if that is something that we just do and we expect, then that's what we're going to receive. That's what's going to happen. So it's about talking to our boys and encouraging them to talk to us, not in that sort of way that we tend to like, how was your day? Who did you play with? What did you eat? That's not communication. It really isn't. And I say this with love because I know that we get caught up in this having to know what's happened. It's around just regular discussions about just anything. You know, how, you know, if they get upset, talk to them about how they felt, about, you know, and 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 really sort of have those those sort of conversations. If they're playing with things, try and understand. Have you know, talk to them about their interests, their passions. It may not necessarily be see, be something that you're necessarily interested in or you're passionate about or that you can directly connect with, but it is having that dialogue and engaging with them and get seeing that actually those conversations are really cu- crucial. So communication is a really big aspect of this because if we're going to challenge stereotypes, if we're going to talk about mental health being as important as physical health, if we're going to talk about this idea that confidence is an inside job and that we're going to have conversations with them about risk-taking, it all comes from this notion of communication. And I think we have to do a bit of an audit and an honest audit. Do we have, do we invest the same amount of time, the same amount of effort in the communication that we have with our sons as we do our daughters, and or if you are just raising boys, then how much conversation? You know, how much of your conversation is real connection communication, and how much of it is much more instructional? Be honest with yourself. If you're not doing that as much as you would like to do, and you've reflected on it, then how can you begin that process? And understand that if you're not, if that communication isn't there already, maybe maybe you've tr- you've tried a lot and you've got a 13 year old that just doesn't want to have that conversation, well then just chip away at it. Understand that it is a process, but ask yourself, how am I trying to communicate? What are the subject areas that we tend to talk about or that I tend to at least initiate? And then see whether you can you can do it in a different way. Because it's about meeting them where they're at. And I understand it. I'm a woman. I don't There are aspects of my son's interests when he was little and as he's got older that I don't share any understanding of. They're they're not part of my own mental framework or of reference, but it doesn't stop me from asking questions. Not in a sort of long list of questions, but just to help me understand this is, you know, I can see that this is really important to you and you're really passionate about that. It's not something that I'm familiar with explain it to me. Tell me what 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 you love about it, what it brings to you and that joy. Because what you're then trying to do is meet them where they're at. And that way of conversations, that way of communicating is the same for everybody, whether it's a young child, whether it's a girl, whether it's a boy, whether it's a colleague at work, whether it's a friend, whether it's a relative, whether it's a complete stranger. Communication is about trying to sort of meet them where they're at and then expand and develop it. Those are my five conversations. They're not one-offs, 
They're conversations that we need to have regularly with our boys. And so my give this week are going to be these five broad areas as a way of really prompting you and reminding you why it's so important that we have these conversations with our boys. Now, it may well be that we'll do a second part to this. If there are particular burning questions that you have about raising boys, then do email in contact.drmaryhan.com and we can incorporate that into an episode. I love the fact that you all so often will email me either thinking about a particular episode or asking for some particular expansion on an episode or even just coming up with some topics that we've not even thought about. So do keep in touch and do keep emailing. In order to access these this list of five, you head over to the resource library as usual, which is drmaryhand.com forward slash library, where you'll find the link to download the resource. All you need to do is pop in your email address and you'll get access not only to this week's resource, but all the free resources across all my podcast episodes. As ever, if you have enjoyed this episode, I would be so grateful if you could follow and review this podcast so that others can find us and we can spread the love. So until next time, 